Good morning. Good morning. That, that was a little better. I could hear the people online better than I can hear y'all. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. All right, we're getting, we're getting there. Uh, it is great to be here this morning. I just want to uh, uh, bring a couple of things to your attention. Um, um, we, uh, we could use volunteers for our nursery in a bag, which we are doing back in the back there of the sanctuary for right now. And, um, and also, if you're interested in helping out with music ministry, you may notice there's a new addition up here. Yes. See, we got a bonus. Yeah. When we hired Kelsey, we got a bonus. We got a singer, too. It, it, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, we'll determine that after. Oh, well, okay. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll see whether that's, that's a good right. thing or bad that's thing. Right. Is that what you're saying? Well, this is all I know is... Um, I, I can get up there and sing, and then you sing, and folks will know the difference, and th they'll know what bad is and what good is. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, but uh, Jonathan Bransfield has joined us in the music ministry, and, and um, there may be some of you out there who can play an instrument or want to sing. Um, if so, please talk to Ann or Kobe uh, about uh, coming and participating Hello. in this. Pastor Dan. Pastor Ann Dan. has a question. I'm, I, not a question. I just wondered if I might announce that... Uh, Chancel Choir is going to meet for the first time this Thursday at 7 p.m. right here in the sanctuary. So if anybody is watch, that right, that is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> we are we are moving forward and getting ready for um, uh, a kickoff in September um, where we are. Um, we're just going to refocus and renew and uh, um, and and figure out where we're moving towards and where we're going. And so I hope that you will join us in September as we do that, um, as we um, do some uh, new things or, or begin to add additional stuff to the music ministry and um, as we challenge ourselves um, to, um, to, to, to take and reflect on where we are and to refocus on um, connecting with God, growing deeper in our faith, and recommitting to going forth to make a difference in the lives of other people. So I hope that you'll plan on uh, being here and reconnecting with us, whether it be online or in person um, in September when we do that. And now I'm going to invite you all to, uh, to stand um, and sing Build Your Kingdom as we celebrate Christ's presence among us. As the light of Christ comes forward and we light the candles and we are reminded that Christ is with us, let us join together in anticipation and expectation of experiencing God's presence afresh and anew so that we might continue to be shaped into people who live and love like Jesus and we might truly make a difference in the lives of other people. Let us join our voices together. One, two, three. Come set rule and reign in all hearts again increase in us we pray unveil why we're made come set our hearts ablaze with hope like wildfire in our very souls holy spirit come invade us We see. 
Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your presence among us. Indeed, pour out your spirit upon us this day that we may be your kingdom people, not just as we gather here, but as we go forth. May we capture a vision of what it means to live and to love like Jesus in this world. And may we not only capture that vision, but may we be transformed and sent forth to live it out in our everyday lives. Indeed, open up our minds, our hearts, the very depths of our soul this day, that we may hear your spirit and respond to your words in everything we do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Amen. You may be seated. We're going to wrap up um, our look at the Old Testament um, today. Um, And so uh, we're going to cover a lot of material. Um, You may remember last week, uh, we left it where the people were in the promised land, right? We were in the book of Joshua. And in Joshua 21, we were told, all was good. Now, if only it stayed that way. Um, Unfortunately, um, the ancient Israelites lived in the real world just like we do. And if we continue with the story of the Old Testament, we find that um, after they got in the promised land, that uh, it, it it was not like living happily ever after. Uh, the, the people still struggled, and in fact, we see stories for the rest of the Old Testament. We see the story in Judges where the people seem to live faithfully. Uh, they live faithfully, and then things are going well, and they kind of drift away, and they begin to follow and, and chase after other gods, and, and the consequences of that are that they uh, begin to participate in ungodly things, in violence and in injustice and and eventually they find themselves under the rule of somebody else and, and far away from God, following other gods. And, and they cry out to God and God sends a leader who comes and rescues them again. Just like Moses did, maybe not quite as dramatically, but he sends a leader who is raised up, who saves the people, who leads them back to following God, who gets rid of the idols uh, most of the time and then focuses on following God, and the people rejoice and all is well, only to fall into the same cycle again and to become complacent and fall away from God. And so the Israelites do this, and we read about it in the book of Judges over and over and over again. Uh, Eventually, the Israelites decide they would like to have a king like everybody else. Uh, Everybody else seems to have a king, and that's working well for them they think, although I don't know um, what world they're living in, uh, but these, they, they want a king like everyone else, and so God gives them a king. And uh, their first king is, is shaky. King Saul is shaky. And then, then they get David, and, and David is a, is a good king, but he still has his faults and his flaws. And in fact, as time goes along, uh, the kings do exactly what God had warned them that kings would do. Eventually, the kings, rather than being a conduit of which God's goodness flows from God to the people, and all the people are blessed, uh, kings become focused on themselves, and they begin to exploit and take advantage of the people. They begin to lead the people to follow other gods, to practice violence and injustice. And the cycle repeats itself. Eventually, the Israelites are divided into uh, the nation of Israel under David was united, but it is divided after Saul into a northern and a southern kingdom. And if we read in Kings, in First and Second Kings, uh, we discover that all of the kings of the northern kingdom um, fail to follow in the ways of God. They continue to go down the path where they lead the people uh, to follow other gods. And as a result, all kinds of terrible consequences occur. Now, in the southern kingdom, um, things are a little bit different. In the kingdom of Judah, things are a little bit different. Every now and then, they have a good king. And that good king is defined by whether or not uh, that king gets rid of the idols 
and encourages the people to follow God faithfully. This is the story of Israel that we read over and over and over again in the Old Testament, these stories of the kings. And we're told during this time of the kings, the people begin to long for a king who will bring God's kingdom in its fullness, that will bring God's kingdom back on earth. They long for the days not just of David, but days beyond David when God's ways will rule in the world. And during this time, uh, there are prophets that arise. Um, And there are prophets who come and speak to the people. And these prophets really have two functions. We often think of prophets as being those who foretell the future. That really is not the primary responsibility of prophets. The prophets came to warn the people and to give the people hope. And so here's what you typically see. In times when the people are complacent and things seem to be going well, the prophets warn them that they are walking away from God and following other gods and call them to return before they suffer the full consequences of following these other gods. And then when they're in the midst of suffering these consequences, these same prophets say to the people, don't lose hope. Just because you're suffering the consequences does not mean uh, that God has abandoned you forever or that God no longer uh, thinks about you or cares about you or that God's purposes have been done away with. They come and they remind the people that God's purposes march forward despite the ups and downs that we might experience. Um, And and what we uh, know about Israel is that the northern kingdom uh, never listens, and so they eventually are carried away into exile by the Assyrians, and they are never heard from again. They are never heard from again. And and today we're going to read, we're going to read from a prophet uh, that that was... um, existed in the time between uh, the uh, northern kingdom being sent into exile and the southern kingdom experiencing their own exile. Uh, We're going to hear from this um, prophet who who comes just after uh, Josiah had been the king in the southern kingdom and had brought reform. He was a reformed king who led the people in good ways, but his sons did not follow in his ways. And a couple of kings later, the people once again found themselves in the midst of all kinds of troubles, seeing injustice and violence and all kinds of idols arise. And so today we're going to hear from the prophet Habakkuk. You all have heard of him, right? A household name. Um, it, well, I'm going to invite you to turn to Habakkuk in your Bible. It's between Nahum and Zephaniah. That's not helping. I've got mine marked. I'm cheating. Um, Habakkuk is, is, a, is a prophet that is only three chapters long. He's one of the prophets known as the Twelve. These prophets are so short that they're all grouped together and called uh, the Twelve Prophets or the Lesser Prophets. Um, The neat thing about about Habakkuk is that he was not a, um, he he was a praying prophet, I want to say. 
not a preaching prophet. So what do I mean by that? You know, Isaiah and Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Amos, uh, they went to the kings and the people and, and they proclaimed the warning from God. Well, Habakkuk, as we're going to see, um, Habakkuk just offers up this prayer. And what we're going to see is this prayer and God's response to his prayer as we take a look at this, um, at this book. And so we're going to begin in uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through uh, 4. Actually, I'm going to begin in verse 2. The Lord, how long will I call for help and you not listen? I cry out to you, violence, but you don't deliver us. Why do you show me injustice and look at anguish so that devastation and violence are before me? There is strife and conflict abounds. The instruction is ineffective. That is the the law of Moses. Justice does not endure because the wicked surround the righteous. Justice becomes warped. Lord, how long will I call for your help and not listen? Uh, This prayer that Habakkuk offers up is really a, a, a lament. It is a desperate cry. Uh, not of one who lacks faith, but of of God, and he knows this is not as God intended it. Habakkuk uh, cries out to God uh, of violence, injustice, wrongdoing. They are everywhere. Even among the people of God, not just in those folks who are out there. They are perpetrated by the leaders and by the priests. No matter how many times God sends a preaching prophet like Isaiah or Ezekiel or Jeremiah or Amos or Joel... No matter how often he goes to the people and warns them uh, to stop their violence, to turn from their injustice, and to turn toward God, they just continue heading down the path that they are going. They continue to oppress the weak, to take advantage of the poor, to spew uh, forth hatred and division, to, um, to, self, uh, to participate in self-aggrandizement, um, to participate in fighting and conflict. They continue to chase after other gods, the gods of wealth and power and influence. And things keep getting worse. And Habakkuk cries out, Lord, how long will I call for help and you will not listen? In essence, Habakkuk is is crying out to God, do something. Change what's going on. Do something. Well, Habakkuk gets an answer from God. And so he begins to realize that while he's crying out for help, God is really listening. But he doesn't really like the answer that he gets. Because uh, because this is what God says in essence. Uh, God says, you know, I've sent the prophets and the people continue on their ways. Um, Babylon is going to 
overrun Jerusalem and Judah. And exile is coming for the southern kingdom just as it was in the northern kingdom. God tells Habakkuk, in essence, uh, that the only way that God is going to get the people's attention, the only way that they are going to be cleansed and refreshed and renewed is if they experience that with which, in which they are participating. They are going to experience the violence and the injustice that, that Babylon has been perpetrating throughout the world. Uh, they are going to experience uh, the division that they seem to be um, facilitating. They are going to be allowed to chase after and follow other gods and experience the consequences of that. Gods of wealth and privilege and power. They're going to be allowed to chase after those gods and find out what it really is like to live under those gods. To find out what it's like to live in bondage to those gods versus living in faithfulness to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Habakkuk hears this word from God, and he cries out in essence, God, the cure is worse than the disease. The Babylonian people, they're even meaner and more violent and perpetuate more injustice than we do. I was hoping you'd do something different. But he knows somewhere in the depths of his being, that there must be more to the story. Because he knows that God is a God of deliverance, that God is a God of love and grace, that God is a God of healing. And so he knows, even though he has heard this message that they will be carried away into exile, he knows there must be more to the story than that Israel or that Judah is going to go off into exile never to return. He knows there must be more. And so we pick up the story in chapter 2, where, um, where we are told, this chapter 2, verse 1, uh, Habakkuk says, I will take my post. I will position myself on the fortress. I will keep watch to see what the Lord says to me and how he will respond. And then the Lord answered me and said, Write a vision. And make it plain upon a tablet so that a runner can read it. There is still a vision for the appointed time. It testifies to the end. It does not deceive. If it delays, wait for it. For it is surely coming. It will not be late. Some people's desires are truly audacious. They don't do the right thing. But the righteous person will live honestly. In other translations it says the righteous person will live by faith. And I find it interesting. So the answer that Habakkuk gets, um, it's not some recipe for moving forward. It's not some program. It's not a blueprint. What he gets is God's promise again that God's kingdom will come. That, that God's ways are moving forward in this earth. And that, uh, that the people of God need to live by faith. 
not a faith that thinks, not, not, a, not a faith that we think that can fix everything, but a faith, a faith that we live by and live into. The kingdom will come, God says to Habakkuk. Trust and live faithfully um, despite the circumstances. Uh, have this faith in God. Long, uh, not just for the good things that God gives us, but long for God for God's self. In other words, just long to be in the presence of God, trusting that God is at work in and through all circumstances. Challenging the prophet and the people to accept the limits of their own living and yet live as if their lives matter. To trust the good news that the kingdom of God will come. Even though we may experience ups and downs in this world. The kingdom of God will come. Hold firm to that and trust and live faithfully toward God. Regardless of what other folks do. And so we pick up the story at the end of this uh, prophecy, at the end of this prayer, at this conversation. Um, This is what Habakkuk says in chapter 3, beginning in verse 17. He says, Though the fig doesn't bloom and there's no produce on the vine, though the olive crop withers and the fields don't produce food, though the sheep is cut off from the pen and there are no cattle in the stall, In other words, even though there is no fruit from the grapes or from the figs or from the olives, there's no wheat, there's no barley, the sheep and the cattle are suffering. This is what Habakkuk says. Even in the midst of these desperate and difficult times, he says, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my deliverance. The Lord God is my strength. He will set my feet like the deer. He will let me walk upon the heights. In other words, this prophet who began by saying, Lord, how long will I call for help and not listen? Now, knowing that God hears what he says and being reminded that God is a God of deliverance, of healing, a a God who does not approve of injustice or, or violence or hatred. He now proclaims, no matter how bad things look, I will rejoice and hold firm to the promises and the hope of God. Because the current circumstances uh, will not be the last word. God's kingdom will come. God's ways and purposes will be known in the world through God's faithful people. And so as we hear Habakkuk today, as we hear this prophecy today, as we hear these words, may we, regardless of what circumstances that we may experience, um, when when we cry out, Lord, how long, 
Fill in the sentence. How long will I have to suffer through this? How long will this go on? How, how long? How long will I uh, look uh, across the world and even look in your church and see a people who have forgotten what it means to live and love like Jesus? How long will the church refuse to be the people that you have called them to be? How long will we fail to do the things you call us to do? May we hear the words of Habakkuk today. May we hear God's answer. I am at work. I am at work. I am present and my kingdom will come. May we hear the challenge to live faithfully despite our circumstances so that we may become the people God intended us to be. May we be a people who, who seek to revitalize our connection to God and each other. May we be a people who continue to allow the Spirit to work in us, to shape us, and to transform us so that each day we become people who live and love more like Jesus. Will we become a people who go into our homes and our neighborhoods, and our world to do what Jesus did in his world. May we hear the words of Habakkuk this day. May we hear God's answer to live faithfully and righteous lives according to God's ways. And may that lead us, despite what we may see in the world, even in our churches, may that lead us to rejoice, to rejoice in God and to know that God is among us and with us and will continue to be with us. And as Jesus said, the kingdom of God will come near. And people might experience the same healing and wholeness that they experienced when Jesus came near to them. May we be the people of God for all the world, this day and every day. Amen. I'm going to invite the Beckwiths to come forward. We, we, we get to participate in a baptism today. Isn't that exciting? Yes? And uh, see, a uh, year and a half ago, is it a year and a half ago or two and a half? I, I can, a year, year and a half. Um, we, had, we, we did the baptism for um, Noah Hood. Right, Noah? You probably don't remember that, do you? Do you remember your baptism? No. Okay. That's okay. Hmm. That's okay. That's right. That's okay. Um, I, I told him he could come help me preach, and he said, okay. Um, Cameron and Carrie, um, uh, Cameron's in, in the military, 
And so they find themselves traveling all over. Um, and this place is a home for them. Um, and, and that's why we are doing the baptism here today. This, this is a place they know they can come back to, right? At least Carrie does. Cameron's, you're learning that, right? She tells you that, you believe her? Okay. Um, uh, for, for Carrie, this is her home church. And so this is a place where uh, she comes and, and she is reminded about the goodness of God. I'm sure she looks around at the faces out here. And you remember how they have helped and shaped you, right? Yes. Um, well, they're, they're on their way from uh, North Carolina. Virginia. Virginia. Virginia to Hawaii uh, for three years, I think, right? Um, so, huh? Let's hope. Okay. Um, now, and so we, Katie and Paul may be walking around with permanent suntans. Um, I don't know how many trips they're going to take out there. I, anyway... Um, we, we are going to, um, you're going to be invited to participate in this baptism of uh, Riker Jude Hood. Um, and so, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, um, through the sacrament of baptism, you are initiated into Christ's holy church. And we are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. And all this is God's gift offered to us without price. Y'all need to stand next to each other like you like each other. Come on. Uh, shame on me. Uh, Carrie and Cameron, I'm going to ask you these questions, which I'll ask you to affirm on uh, Riker's behalf. Uh, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil and injustice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace, and promise to open yourselves up to power and presence of the Spirit so you may continue to be shaped in people who live and love like Jesus? All right, church, will you nurture Riker in Christ's holy church? Now, this is for y'all. Yeah, this is for y'all. Let's do this. Will you nurture Riker in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example he may be guided and may accept and respond to God's grace to profess his own faith openly as he grows and matures? All right. And now, for the folks of Cameron United Methodist Church, as Christ's body, do you reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? And so, even though it may be by a long distance, um, but in whatever ways or forms or fashion it may be, will you support and encourage Cameron, Carrie, Noah, and Riker so they may grow as Christ followers, empowered and gifted by the Spirit to make a difference in the lives of other people wherever they may find themselves? If so, say, we will. Amen. Awesome. And now join me in this prayer. We will pray for Riker and nurture him so that he may grow in his love of God and his love of neighbor. Amen. I'm going to invite you all to come right here and stand facing me. I think we'll do this. You, you all need to come and stand behind them. Okay. All right. Gracious God. We just ask that you pour out your spirit upon this, uh, this water, uh, that um, in the midst of this, um, as, um, as Riker experienced this, this uh, water flow over his head, 
that he may experience your love and your grace, not just to flow over him, but to flow within him. Indeed, uh, by this great sacrament of baptism, um, we, we lay claim to the promise that you will claim Riker as your child and that you will continue to pour out your love and your grace upon him. And so, uh, pour out your spirit upon this water um, and pour out your spirit upon Riker this day. And now, let's see. Am I going to wake him up? Hey, Mr. Riker. I know, sudden waking up is always not a good thing, is it? Okay? Yeah. Uh, you're just going to sleep? That's okay, too. Okay, you want to look at people out there? Can you wave? No? Oh, you can clap, though. That's it. Clap. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to get there. Let's do this now. All right. Oh, that water's a little colder than I wanted it. Okay, Riker. In the name of the Father, I know. and the Son, oh my goodness, and the Holy Spirit, you are baptized. May God's grace and Spirit be upon you now and always that you may grow into this baptism and be a person who lives and loves like Jesus. Amen. All righty, folks, can you welcome Riker Hood into the community of God? Yeah. Would you like to go back to Mama? There you go. All righty. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit not just upon Riker, but upon Noah and Carrie and Cameron, upon the entire family, that they may know your presence that they may continue to allow your spirit to work within them, shaping them and forming them, that they may be a blessing to the community in which they find themselves, and that they may know you are with them in the good and in the bad. In Christ's name, amen. Awesome. You betcha. We're going to stand and sing, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And um, are you all going to be in the back and you can wave at folks as they go and they can welcome? Will that work? Okay, good deal. All righty, let's sing, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
Amen. You know, the chorus to that um, song comes from Lamentations, another uh, prayer uh, of uh, the prophet Jeremiah in the midst of trouble. Um, and it is this reminder that in the midst of trouble, we turn to God. I, I, uh, I love to do a baptism, especially of an infant, because it reminds us of the promises and the hope of God. In the midst of difficult time, the people of God trust in the mercies and the love of God. And they seek to live lives more faithfully so that the kingdom that we long for may begin to be revealed in our lives and in the community of God's people. So let us go forth from here this day uh, to be the people of God, to live faithfully each and every day. Go in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.